You know, it's an awesome thing to stand up here, uh, given the oracles of God. Uh, I know I make it look easy, but I don't want you to think it's easy. It's really uh, quite an awesome thing to speak to you guys. So if anybody wants to smile at me through this, that'd be really good. Uh, I want to talk about, uh, this morning, living in the danger zone. And uh, if anybody wants to leave, now's the time. And uh, there are a couple of danger zones, really. There's, a, there's obviously a negative danger zone, but there's also a positive danger zone. And uh, I want to sort of knit this into the series that we've been doing, or, or we started last week with Tino, about the ways of Jesus. And uh, sometimes I've heard people say in a very mamby-pamby way, if you don't mind me saying, what would Jesus do? And sometimes I think... You want to read the Gospels? <laughs> what would Jesus do? He, uh, he lived in the danger zone. Bless you. He lived in the danger zone. Jesus lived. He was the danger zone. He is the danger zone. It's an awesome thing to fall into the hands of the living God. The devil's a pipsqueak. Some of you are frightened to say that. I don't say that with arrogance. I just say it with a knowledge. Jesus is the danger zone. And as we are in him, complete in him, head in him, then that's the place to be. We could be in Beirut, and I don't, I don't decry people who live in these areas, China, Yemen, and, and so on and so forth. But if that's where God wants you, and that's where you should be, that's the danger zone, but the safest place. The safest place is to be in the danger zone. And uh, last week, Tino brought... A really uh, powerful word, a strategic word, I thought. And uh, because strategic in the sense that God wants to take us from where we are and get us to where he wants us to be. And if we are, if we are judgmental, this is what he spoke about, being judgmental, or critical, or negative, or destructive in our words about each other, then... We don't do ourselves any favours. And I sat at the back there as, my, as is my want in my mum's seat, the anointed seat. And I thought, how do I go about not being critical or judgmental? Well, the first thing I thought of was, don't get out of bed. <laughs> that's not, that's not going to work, really. Second thing I thought, well, a bit drastic, this one, cut me tongue out. And I thought, well, that's not transformatory, is it? That's not going to change anything either. And I thought, what about psychotropic drugs? Maybe, maybe that'll uh, make me less judgmental or less critical. And none of these are the way forward, are they? It's, 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 a, play, it's a case of being. You know, sometimes I think we get the science of God wrong. Sometimes we try very hard not to do things. Sometimes... We try very hard not to do things where I feel is a key. But Galatians 5 verses 15 and 16 says this, But if you bite and devour one another in partisan strife, be careful that you and your whole fellowship are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk, I'm reading from the Amplified, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh, of human nature without God. There's the danger zone. 
in the spirit. My mum, I've said this before, my mum used to say to me lots, what would you do in this situation, Jim? And I'd say, mum, I'd just be in the spirit. No, no, what, what, would, what would you do? What would you do? What would you do if you said that? I'd say, I'd just be in the spirit. I used to get a cob on with me. And uh, so you don't understand, you're not listening, you're not helping me at all. But that's the place to be, isn't it? In the spirit, that's the danger zone. Jesus walked 24 hours of every day in the, the danger zone, in that place of being in the spirit, led by the spirit and guided by the spirit. So how do you become less critical? How do you become less judgmental? Get in the danger zone. Be in the spirit. Joe Walters said it millions of times, thousands of times, hundreds of times, twice. He said, it's not the absence of the negative, it's the presence of the positive. And so some of us need to stop trying so hard not to do certain things and concentrate on doing the one thing. Matthew 22, verses 37 and 38 says this. And he replied to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the grace, the great, most important principle and first commandment. That's a good start, isn't it? If you're, if you're, if you're besieged by the devil, there's a start. If you're struggling with a sin, a habitual sin, there's the start. Well, I mustn't read that, I mustn't look like that, I mustn't hear that, I mustn't say that, I mustn't drink that, I mustn't eat that, I mustn't, I mustn't, I mustn't. Sometimes that's back to front. I'm not saying we shouldn't discipline ourselves. But the principle is, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And the devil's a sneaky rascal and a pipsqueak because he cons us into doing stuff. He cons us into working out our salvation in the wrong sense. He cons us into being self-righteous. Loving the Lord your God with all your heart is a danger zone that he doesn't want you to be in. I have a job today. It's not mowing the grass or... It's uh, Hebrews 10.24 is on the notice sheet. And in the Amplified it says... Listen to these words. Let us consider and give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another. That'll, that, that, that'll preach on its own, won't it? Let us give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another. Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? And God never replied really, did he? But he did. I am your, I am your keeper. You are my keeper. We're to continuously watch over one another, studying how we may stir up, stimulate, and incite to love, helpful deeds, and noble activities. Imagine that. Imagine if I sat behind Maz Nelson, Margie Gilly. You're called to study how to stir up and incite that state in front of you to love and good works. What's me ministry? I don't know what my ministry is. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever said that to God? I don't know what my ministry is. Am I an apostle, a prophet, a pastor, an evangelist, a teacher? There's a start just there. There's a beginning right there. Look around you. Look next to you. Look behind you and in front of you. God is calling us to study, to be 
proactive and attentive to each other, to provoke each other to good works. Is anybody found wanting? <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, I'm found wanting. But I, I, I love words. I just think words are, are fabulous. And I like to watch my words and not be careless with my words and say what I mean and let me yes be yes and me no be no. And in, in the Amplified here, it says, studying how we may stir up, stimulate and incite. If you were political, you might incite somebody to vote. You might incite somebody to protest. You might even incite somebody to riot. If you were religious, you might incite somebody to hatred or even murder and mass murder. I use those examples to, to try and poke you in the eye and say, are you awake this morning? Are you alive this morning? I want to incite you. I don't just want to get my hand around your shoulder and go there, there. The bio tapestry, Harold comforts his troops as he's got this spear up his backside. I want to comfort you this morning. God came to comfort the afflicted, the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. I want us to wake up, church, because I believe that God wants to move us from here to there. Hey. <laughs> Thanks, Mum. God wants us to move us from here to over there. That person who said, well, you know, there'll be thousands and thousands of people today glued to their telly or radio expecting a good result. Come on, Brighton. There, my colours are to the mast. Over 22 people kicking a pig's bladder. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Do you know what? Jesus Christ and him crucified. Some nodding heads. Jesus Christ and him crucified. We've sang some words today. I don't know whether I believe them for 100%. I want to be overcome. Do you want to be overcome today? <laughs> okay. So I want to incite you to get in the danger zone. I want to incite you to get out of any other zone and get yourself in the danger zone. When was the last time you were in the danger zone? When was the last time your heart was giving it what for? When was the last time it was God or bust? When was the last time you were believing for something that was absolutely impossible? When was the last time you were so stirred up that you thought, it's 11 o'clock, it's Sunday and I should be there 20 minutes ago? When was the last time something on the inside was going off like fireworks? When was the last time you fell in love with Jesus? I read a story uh, some weeks ago that sort of stirred me up to this sermon, really, and it's in 1 Samuel 11. And it's an obscure story, and I don't have the handle on all of it. I really don't. But there's some truths that got me going. It got my juices going. And I, I have a personality that's flawed. And I can only speak to you out of my personality. I, I want 
what I say to be 100% God. But it's not going to be. We prophesy in part, don't we? But I'm going to give it my best shot for it to be 100% God. And so I can only say that when I read this story, I had a reaction. And I just want the Holy Spirit to hover and brood over all of us and see what you think. When was the last time you were incited? When was the last time you got angry? When was the last time? 1 Samuel 11. Let me read the story. And Nahash, the Ammonite, went up and besieged Jabesh Gilead. And all the men of Jabesh said to Nahash, Make a treaty with us and we will serve you. Danger zone. (laughs) But Nahash, the Ammonite, told them, On this condition I will make a treaty with you, that I thrust out all your right eyes and thus lay disgrace on Israel. The elders of Jabesh said to Nahash, Give us seven days' time that we may send messengers through all the territory of Israel. Then if there is a man to save us, we, if there's no man to save us, we will come out to you. So the messengers went to Gibeah of Saul and told the news in the ears of the people, and all the people wept aloud. And then Saul came out of the field after the oxen, and he said, What ails the people that they are weeping? And they told him the words of the men of Jabesh. The Spirit of God came mightily upon Saul when he heard those tidings, and his anger was greatly kindled. What a great story that is. I think that's an amazing story, and I I have a reaction to some of those things that were said. I I can't help it. Something in my belly reacts, and something may react in you. Nahash, this uncircumcised, Nahash, this uncircumcised Ammonite, besieged Jabesh Gilead. His name, Nabash, means serpent. And the reaction of the men of Jabesh, verse 1, they say to Nahash, make a treaty with us and we will serve you. Can anyone see anything wrong with this picture? There was no let's pray about it. There was no let's... Are you having a laugh, Nahash? Are you with me? Instantly, I I read that story. I had a reaction. I thought, what? What's going on? This fellow comes and besieges the city and they say, make a covenant with us and we'll serve you. Is this ringing true in anybody's life? Is that our reaction sometimes when the devil comes? We just live with the enemy. When the softest of things come, we just give in and give over. Is it just me? Their reaction was instant. Make a treaty with us and we'll serve you. Now we're on the inside of me and I'm no hero. I, was, I just wanted to knock his lights out. My instant reaction was, no, you're having a laugh now? Come on, guys, let's get together. Let's be having you. Let's have him. Let's put him to rout. Is anybody with me? <laughs> You've gone very quiet. That was their instant reaction. Make a treaty with us. You know, the wages of sin is death. Always, it doesn't diminish. It's not changing with modern life. 
because we're more politically correct and tolerant of things, the wages of sin has not changed. It's the same. The devil is just the same. Because we now live in the 21st century, it doesn't mean he's altered at all. But sometimes we, our instant reaction is, let's make a treaty. Danger zone. Bless you. That's not a danger zone that we want to live in. And he says, he has the... Gah! He has the bare-faced cheek to say, I'll make a treaty with you. Send out all your men and I'll gouge out your right eye to bring disgrace upon you. Okay, I'm gonna, I was, I was going to make a cue here. Okay. There's a line here. Hands up. Get your right eye like that. Make a cue here and get ready because that's ridiculous, isn't it? Is that what we do sometimes? Do we give in and give up and give over easier than maybe we should? I do. Nahash the serpent is still out there wanting to thrust your eye out, wanting to lay disgrace on you. And then I don't get this. I don't get this Middle Eastern protocol. Verse 3, it says, The elders of Jabesh said to Nahash, <laughs> I don't get this. Give us seven days' time that we may send messages throughout the territory of Israel. Then, if there is no man to save us, we will come out and serve you. We'll think about it. <laughs> we'll think about it. The devil comes at us with all kinds of different things and we'll say, just give us five minutes, we'll think about it. Give us seven days while we send men through the territory and see if there's anyone can save us. And if we don't find anyone, then we'll come out. Is it just me or is that a bad attitude? Is that weak-livered? Is that not as the sons of God should think? Is that right? So the messengers came to Gibeah of Saul and told the news in the ears of the people and all the people wept aloud. Has anybody ever... When circumstances come, when situations come, what's our response? But then there's a guy, a man of God at the time at least, Saul came out of the field and he said, what ails the people and why are the people wailing and weeping? And they told him the words of the men of Jabesh. Verse 6. I love this. The Spirit of God came mightily upon Saul when he heard those tidings, and his anger was greatly kindled. I think there's a stark demarcation of two danger zones there. And it's black, and it's white, and it's out or it's in, it's on or it's off, it's death or it's life, it's darkness or it's light. There is a thin line that says, you're either for me or you're against me. People of God, this is not a club, is it, that we belong to? This is the church of the risen Christ. With God on our side, who shall we fear? If God be for us, who can be against us? Does anybody believe this stuff? 
are we playing with two and a half volts, batteries with bright religious lights on? Vroom, vroom. Are we? Or is this real? We have a choice to choose which danger zone. One is have your eye gouged out and disgrace pull upon you. Always. The wages of sin is death. Always. Or to live where Jesus lived. In the danger zone. And you know there's no neutral zone. There's no neutral zone. You cannot be in this war that we're in a conscientious objector. You can wear a sign that says neutral. Was it Switzerland when you saw? Swiss. Swiss. And God doesn't look at that very kindly. And the devil will still come at you. So for me and my house, we may as well serve the Lord. We are at war. We are at war. We're at war. We are at war. We are, we, are, we are at war, Rob. We're at war. People of God, we are at war. We are at war. We need to wake up and smell the coffee and check out our weapons and our armor and where we are and configure a way to get in the danger zone. Because that's the place of victory. We are at war. We have a brutal, vicious enemy. If you think the devil is a pussycat, you're wrong. He's conned you and you are deceived. He is brutal. He is vicious. He is evil and a half. As good as God is, Right the other way, he's so bad. And he's always continuously after to steal from you, to kill you and destroy you. These are strong words, people. I want to incite you today to get with the the program. And sometimes I think we wander through like, oh, what was that? And we bang and we bang and we're, 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 we're not insightful, incited. John 10.10 says we have a thief who comes to steal and kill and destroy. Maybe I need to calm down. Is anybody thinking that right now of me? (laughs) Maybe I, sometimes I lie in bed and I think, Jim, just calm, just tone it down, will you? Just calm, calm down. Just calm, it's only an eye. You've got another eye. I'd be quizzing because my right eye's me lazy one. So give it your best shot. I could go to Specsavers and get two for one, get money off. What's the loss of a little vision? <laughs> Hallelujah. Some pennies dropped there. What's the loss of a little perspective? Because you've still got that eye. Danger zone, danger zone, danger zone, danger zone. Hallelujah. Danger zone. 
What's a little disgrace? It's only a lamb. It's only a white lie. It's only a little bit. As Tino said last week, it's only, oh no, Nita it was, 20 pounds. He was over, over given change in their thing. It's only 20 quid. It's only five people. It's only whatever. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. We have a brutal, vicious enemy who 24-7, I don't want to put anything heavy. I want you to sleep well tonight. Deuteronomy, don't have to turn to this. Deuteronomy 32, 9 and 10 says that the, the Lord's portion is his people and we are the apple of his eye. Do you realize whose you are? And the value and the worth that he put on each one of us. And we play religious games sometimes and allow our eyes to be gouged out. And we lose some vision of who we are. We are the Lord's portion. <laughs> you know, if you thought on that for 10 minutes, you'd preach yourself happy. We are, right now, where you are, no matter how you feel, no matter what your circumstance, we are the Lord's portion. And that's where we can stop being critical and judgmental when we realize it's not just me who's the Lord's portion, it's Geraldine. We are the apple of his eye. And what we allow lackadaisically sometimes to happen to us is poking him in the eye. When I was thinking about this, I, had, uh, I used to be a diesel fitter with Liverpool Corporation and uh, worked on many machines and vehicles. And I just got this picture of a... I tried to get one off the internet, couldn't find one. A big gauge. If you can imagine, a big gauge in front of me. Big circular gauge, like a pressure gauge or a gauge on a tank that shows... You're either low, safe, danger. And the danger zone is always red, isn't it? And I was just thinking about this whole theme of where we live. Where do I spend most of my life? You know, when we, run a, we have a Monday group for some people and uh, we tell jokes we have fun, we have food, we have fellowship, we pray with each other, we cry with each other. And we've said nothing is secular. When we're in God, it's spiritual, it's all spiritual. It's, there's nothing secular. Rob gets paid as pastor. That makes him, does that make him full time? And you not full-time. I'm as full-time as this man. And so are you. That's what we're called to be, isn't it? Full-time, full-time Christians. Are you with me? Switched on, plugged in. God's aware, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. Evangelistic, prophetic, loving. Is that what, is that what you are 24 hours a day? Some people doing this. 
That's what God wants to do today is to incite us to study, to be aware of each other, to provoke each other, to be full-time. Hallelujah. Not to live in the, in the low zone. And I think some of us haven't been in the low zone for a while, but we might be in the safe zone. Is that where you feel you are? There's low, there's safe, and there's this quadrant here in red, the danger zone. When was the last time you spelt, you spelt faith? R-I-S-K. When you were believing for something impossible. When was the last time you were provoked to anger in God? You know, if I was to mention some things to you, depression, abortion, are you with me? Cruelty, poverty, war, Alzheimer's disease, that gets me going <laughs> for obvious reasons. Cancer. Do these things get loneliness, isolation? Are you with me? Where do we live most of our time? Do you live in the low zone? Do you live in the safe zone? Well, you know, I'm not really doing much, but I, you know, I turn up every Sunday. Or are you living in the danger zone? And I believe God wants us all to live in the danger zone. Because that's where the power is. That's where things are going to happen. That's where the anointing's going to flow. Ephesians 4.26 says, Be angry and sin not. There's a whole sermon on anger. Don't get me wrong. I'm not asking you to go out and get fuming and miffed with everybody. But righteous, in, righteous anger in God. Matthew 5, 9 says this. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the children of God. We are not peacekeepers. We are peacemakers. Do you know there's a whole world of difference there? We are not with the light blue beret standing in between two factions keeping peace. We are peacemakers. And as peacemakers, there's only one true peace. And that's why how we, as ambassadors of Christ, establish his rule in every circumstance and situation that we're in. That's a peacemaker. Are you with me? By our prayers, by our presence, by our actions, by us being filled and being in the danger zone, that's how we, as the church, will become peacemakers. We can no longer afford to be thermometers and God's calling us to be thermostats. Any fool, any fool can tell you it's hot or cold. The worship today was, was tepid, wasn't it? Oh, it was brilliant, by the way, Lyd. Do you understand what I'm saying? My work situation, my home's life, my neighbor's life, I can... I can be a commentator or a participator. I can commentate and say how bad the world is, how Brexit's this and Liverpool's that and whatever. 
Any carnal fool can tell the temperature. It takes involvement in the danger zone to be a thermostat to set a different temperature. And God is calling us to be thermostats, to change this world. I don't think some of you are convinced. (laughs) When I see Christ and him crucified, you know, it shows me that God's got the same gauge that I've got. Jesus Christ and him crucified, was it low? Jesus Christ and him crucified, was it low? Was it safe? His needle went all the way. Off the scale. Off the scale. People of God, we live too low or we live too safe. And that's not the God way. God wants us to be in the danger zone where those rivers of living water are pouring in and pouring out. So that any dams in our life, any driftwood that comes... Any Nahash in our life who wants to gouge our eyes out is just washed away because we're living in the danger zone. So we don't get near. Somebody said, if you love the Lord your God with all your... Be careful how you listen to this. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind, you can commit as much adultery as you like. Heresy. Don't, Don't throw stones. You see, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might, the idea is abhorrent. The the mere idea of it is 10 miles that way that you can hardly see it and hardly notice it. But some of us flirt, don't we? It's only me. Some of us flirt with sin. Some of us live with the enemy. Some of us make a treaty with sin and the wages of sin is death and will always be death. But the gift of God is always and will always be eternal life. There's a guy called, I'll land this now, Pierre de Corbetin. He was French. (laughs) Didn't you know by my accent there? His name was Pierre de Corbetin, and uh, he was credited to be the father of the modern Olympics, sort of late 1800s, early 1900s. And he said this, be careful where you say amen if you want to say amen at all. He said, the important thing in the Olympic Games is not to win, but to take part. That's not true. That's not true in Christian life. I've thought that was a great saying. Because I'm just non-competitive. I, if you're competitive and you play a game with me, I'll just wind you up, basically, and hopefully win and just get you going. Because that's the way I am. I'm not nice. But in God, we need to run to win. Well, I turn up on a Sunday. Only for you. Well, I go on a Monday as well to a small group. Bully for you. That's a good thing that we turn up on a Sunday. But that's just taking part. That's not necessarily running to win. Well, I read my Bible every day. Are you with me, people? I want to incite you to riot. 
<laughs> spiritually. I want to incite you this morning to good works. I want to incite you. I don't want to cajole or coerce, but I want to incite you to be alone with God and open yourself up to come from the, if you are, from the low zone, out of the safe zone, into the danger zone. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27 says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run your race that you may lay hold of the prize and make it yours. Not in competition with each other, but to win. Now every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. Ouch. They do it to win a wreath that will soon wither, but we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. Therefore, I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. But like a boxer, I buffet my... Oh, sorry. I read that wrong. Like a boxer, I buffet... Sometimes we're like that. We go around and we just buffet ourselves. (laughs) Don't we? Yeah. This is the attitude of Paul. This is the attitude of Paul. Like a boxer, I buffet my body. Handle it roughly. Discipline it by hardships. Does anyone want to rip this out? (laughs) I subdue it for fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected and counterfeit. Today is not a good day to have your your right eye gouged out. Is it? Is it? Is it? Today is not a day for any disgrace to be put upon the children of God. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I I just call upon your name, Lord God. I call upon you, Holy Spirit, to please come and hover and brood over each one of us, Lord God, and shine your spotlight into our lives where we live with the enemy, Lord God, where our response is to, it doesn't really matter, it's only that. Lord, open our eyes to the thin end of a fat wedge so that we know, Lord God, where we are missing the mark, Lord God, where you want us to come up higher and deeper and broader and wider. Lord, reveal us to us, Lord, your your son, Lord God, crucified for us, Lord God. Show us where your needle is, Lord God. Please, Holy Spirit, please... Hover and brood over this word to us individually, Lord God, where we're all at. And please, Lord God, just woo us and draw us into the danger zone. Lord God, where we will invite and allow Holy Spirit to come upon us mightily and for our anger to be in you, Lord God, so that we might be motivated and inspired to provoke each other, to incite each other to good works, to love, Lord God, to noble activities, 
for the furtherance of your kingdom, Lord God, that this world might get saved, that our neighbors might know about you, that our bodies might be healed, that our minds might be in peace, that we might have joy unspeakable, that we might understand what our inheritance is and fight for it, Lord God, and possess it. In Jesus' name, amen.